This morning's reading is 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 to uh, uh, chapter 5, verse 11. Um, If you have a pew Bible, it's on page 1188. I think they're in short supply this morning. The coming of the Lord. Brothers, we do not want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep or to grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. We believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's own word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left till the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. Now, brothers, about times and dates, we do not need to write to you, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come upon them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you, brothers, are not in darkness, so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all sons of the light and sons of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then, let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be alert and self-controlled. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be self-controlled, putting on faith and love as a breastplate, and the hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that, whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as, in fact, you are doing. This is the word of the Lord. David, thank you so much. Just pray for us at the start, if I may. Heavenly Father, would you take the words of my lips and the meditation of our hearts, and would you bless us with that great sense of encouragement and and hope that you give us in your word. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Christian heroes, it's all, all very well for some. It's a bit of a difficult one for me because... Really, you lot were my Christian heroes, because I walked in the back of church, I'd never been to church before, heard the gospel, and I got pretty well zapped in the spot, and some wonderful people, and there's still some of you here present who prayed for Rosemary and myself, um, and encouraged us in our faith, so very much St. Savers are my heroes. I suppose two people spring to mind especially, uh, 
Malcolm Round, the curate, who, hands up who remembers Malcolm. Oh, wow, yes, absolutely. Malcolm really nurtured us. He brought me to life spiritually, certainly, and he was a great, he was a, certainly a great hero for me. Um, and I'm still in contact with him. He's in Scotland now. He's uh, now Karen, Malcolm Round, uh, run, running a hugely big church, an enormous church. Um, I had to interview him for my training. Uh, I had to interview people from different um, areas of, of faith. And uh, I said, Malcolm, tell me, because you had lots of different services, tell me about one of your services that's slightly different from the norm. He said, well, there's our evening service. He said, well, we meet in a church, in a school hall, he said. I said, well, what happens? He said, well, there are no chairs. Okay, Malcolm, well, you don't have to... No, no, we have mattresses. <laughs> right. And lots and lots of tissues. And everybody cries and everybody weeps, but we have a wonderful time. <laughs> so that is, that is Malcolm, as I'm sure some of you remember him very much. My other, I suppose my other hero, um, some of you will remember Terry and Margie Mortensen. How, how many? Yes, right. Uh, they used to worship here. They're now back in the States. Um, but they really nurtured Rosemary and myself. And for Terry, for me, he ignited an interest in, and a love for God's word. He was a great man of the Bible, still is a great man of the Bible. And so Terry was very much a great encouragement. He's now a very prominent uh, speaker in America. He flies all over the world lecturing on Genesis and creation science. Um, he's a very prominent, prominent speaker. Hands up if you've ever written an email and then pinged it to the wrong address by mistake. Yeah, we've all done it, haven't we? I was speaking to Terry recently, and he was telling me that one of his colleagues finds the best way of keeping in touch with his family, well, because they're often these lecture tours, and he finds the best way of keeping in touch is on the email. <laughs> and apparently, uh, it was at an end of a particular lecture tour, one of his colleagues had ended up in, I think this was Terry himself, but he didn't admit it. He ended up in New Orleans, and he arranged to fly to Miami for a couple of days of holiday. <clears throat> so he emailed instructions to his wife to fly down to Miami and to meet him. Unfortunately, his flight from New Orleans was overbooked, and they told him at the boarding gate that he'd have to wait for a later plane. He tried appealing to the airline supervisor, but was told that there was nothing that could be done. And when he did finally arrive in Miami the next day, it was in the middle of a heat wave. So the first thing he did was to check that his wife's flight from Minneapolis was still on time. Then he sent her an email from his laptop to say he'd meet her as planned. Well, he typed the email, but unfortunately, in his haste, he sent it to the wrong address. So instead of it arriving on his wife's computer, his message was received at the home of an elderly preacher's wife whose husband had died only the day before. And when the grieving widow opened her email, she took one look at the screen and she screamed the house down. So the rest of the family rushed in to see what all the fuss was about. And this is what they read on the email. Dearest wife, departed yesterday. As you know, 
just now got checked in. <laughs> Some confusion at the gate. <laughs> Appeal was denied. <laughs> this is the best bit. Received confirmation of your arrival tomorrow. <laughs> Your loving husband. <laughs> P.S. You're going to be surprised at how hot it is down here. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, I mean, you just... You're, I, th I think it was Terry, actually, but anyway, never mind. But, but our theme this morning very much is about that final journey that we're all going to have to take. And... Well, you, you, how many of you have been on overseas holidays? Yes. Do you get the travel company send you all that information, all the documents, don't you? The reservations, accommodations, tickets, luggage. They seem to send you a whole tome of information, what they call their Bible. Well, because we're all, one day we're all going to go on the same journey, uh, marching in with the saints, I thought it would be quite good to look at our travel guide just see what's, what's in store for us all. So, here briefly is a traveller's guide for that final trip that we're all going to take. And the first bit of good news is there's no need to pack. We don't need to take any luggage or clothing with us. For we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. And there's no need for a smart new travel wardrobe because each traveller will be fitted out with a bespoke wardrobe. I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation. Now, Rosemary won't mind me telling you that holiday packing isn't her favourite pastime. <laughs> it's usually a pretty stressful time in our household when we go away, knowing what to include and what to leave out. So it's pretty good news that for this last journey, there's no packing no holiday clothes needed, and no luggage to worry about. Ah, but what about our reservations? Well, the good news is it goes on a bit further, because the booking desk is already open, and the advice is don't delay, but apply at once, as Paul tells the Corinthians in his second letter. She's been working very hard yesterday, Joy. There we are, we're there. We've got it, jolly good. I tell you, now is the time of God's favour. Now is the day of salvation. I mean, it's getting to be good news, isn't it? Isn't it? There's nothing to pack. There's no luggage to worry about. The booking is already open. But what about where we're staying? What about accommodation? I mean, we've all heard those horror stories, haven't we, about arriving at resorts where the hotels are half-finished and the pneumatic drills are going all night. But not for us, guys, because arrangements for first-class accommodation have been made in advance. I'm sure you'll recognise these verses from the Gospel of John. Well, I'll read them. In my father's house, there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. So that's our luggage sorted, reservations, accommodation sorted. What about tickets? 
I mean, after all, a ticket is a written pledge that guarantees our journey and it should be claimed promptly. Back to John's Gospel again, this time from chapter 5. Very truly I tell you, anyone, anyone who hears my words and believes him who sent me has eternal life and does not come under judgment, but has passed from death to life. And even better news, there's no expiry date on that particular ticket. Although it's as well to claim them promptly and not to leave it too long to avoid lasting disappointment. So how are we doing? What can we tick off our holiday list? Luggage and clothing, no need for that. Reservations, desk is already open. Accommodation, pre-booked by Jesus in advance. Tickets, no expiry date if we've heard the word. It does get a tad trickier now when we get to the question of passports, customs and immigration. I mean, how many times have you read this when you've been travelling abroad? Persons seeking entry need to ensure their names are duly registered with the ruling authorities and that the appropriate visas have been issued. Earlier this year, we were in the Baltic. We travelled from various countries. We went to Sweden, uh, Denmark, Helsinki, and, and then we came to Russia. And when we came to Russia, the travel, the travel director said to us, right, she said, you're going to go through Russian immigrations and customs. There's two things I want you to remember. Do not smile. Do not engage eye contact. She was serious, wasn't she, Rosen? Yeah. And that you, you, know, you, have to, you really don't do that. That's not something, they're not used to people smiling in Russia. Bless their hearts. So where are we at? Oh yes, right. Um, in chapter 21 of the Revelation to St. John, it tells us all about our future destination, the new heaven and the new earth. And it says what sort of entry we need stamped on our passport. Revelation 21, 27, nothing impure shall ever enter it, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. But like all good travel guides, help is never far away, because after the advice on luggage, reservations, accommodation, tickets and passport, and the section on customs and immigrations, we get to the final thing of all, our name in the Lamb's book. We just need to make one simple and sincere declaration and we can be quite sure that our names are in that book. And it's this from Romans 10, verse 9. You know the verse very well, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And if you're not at all sure about that verse, come and see me afterwards. And Jane is around too. So that's our customs declaration sorted. There's no immigration control. And because we're taking up permanent residency in a new country, we're all going to be classed as immigration, so the quota is limitless. As it says in that wonderful passage in Hebrews on faith, for people who speak in this way make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of the land that they left behind, they would have had opportunity to return. But as, as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. 
Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God. Indeed, he has prepared a city for them. So, when do we leave? Well, as you heard in our reading, the exact date of departure hasn't yet been announced. But travellers are advised to be prepared to leave at short notice. As it says in the book of Acts, it's not for you to know the time or date the Father has set by his own authority. Although for those of us who are travelling by air, we are advised to watch daily for indications of imminent departure. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up in the clouds together with them to meet the Lord in the air. One of the things you have to do if you book a holiday is often you have to pay a deposit in advance, don't you? And that's something that I think we've all, we've all experienced. And Matthew's Gospel does seem to recommend that we make some sort of deposit in advance. But store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moths and rusts do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Another bit of good news, we shan't have to worry about time changes or packing those little pocket torches that we often put in. Revelations 21 once again. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, for there will be no night there. And while we're in Revelation 21, just to mention that rather painful experience of vaccinations. Really good news is they're just not needed because we're travelling to a disease-free zone. Revelation 21.4, he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things have passed away. So there you have it. That is St. Saviour's Traveller's Guide to our future journey to heaven. And I think, oh, I've had one thing I haven't covered. The really good news, the really good news, we have one final thing to look forward to, and that's the coronation ceremony. Because the highlight of our journey is the welcoming reception and the coronation which awaits each new arrival. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. So there you have it, the complete St. Saviour's Traveller's Guide to Heaven. And I look forward to greeting you all on the other side. Amen. <laughs>